This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, I know a lot of Steelers Nation's attention is towards Jacksonville in that Jaguars and Colts game because you don't go dancing without the help of our old friends down in Jacksonville. But the Steelers have their own business to attend to as well, something that I think has kind of been forgotten a little bit as we work our way towards Ravens week in the final week of the season. Yes, they need the Jaguars to win, but it's not a foregone conclusion that the Steelers go down to Baltimore and defeat their division rival, which is also very necessary for them to earn a unlikely playoff spot and dealt with a blow already this week when they re- they placed wide receiver Deontay Johnson onto the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, this happened on Thursday morning. Kendrick Green, the center, was also added to the COVID-19 list. Kendrick Green, of course, had not played in the game last week. J.C. Hassenhauer, excuse me, got the start. Things actually seemed pretty good from Hassenhauer. They got a lot of push in the run game with him playing at center, so... Not sure it's a huge loss for Green to be on the COVID list, but Deontay Johnson's the team's leading receiver. He's got 100 catches, 1,110 yards. Um, This guy is the best receiver in a very disappointing receiving core. You're going up against the Ravens team that is abysmal against the pass, the absolute worst at defending the pass, especially with their two stud corners, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, out for this season. Big blow for the Steelers' chances early in the week with Deontay on the COVID list. Now, vaccinated, unvaccinated, I'm not 100% sure. I'll venture a guess. Say he's vaccinated. Chance he comes back for Sunday with the new COVID protocols is slim, but it's still there. I would expect him to probably not play in this game, though. If he's asymptomatic. And vaccinated. And vaccinated. It's like five days, right? That's it. Because so you Thursday, can you can still Friday, test Saturday. positive. Uh, see, that's only four days though from being added on Thursday. I guess it well, would depend on, on when. weren't you? Wasn't he's he added, added on Wednesday on Thurs- night? No, he's added on uh, Thursday. So but I, I guess it. it depends on when he reports his symptoms. Right, because it's so if he were, it's if he five called him on Wednesday night and was like, "Hey, I'm feeling a little sick," mm-hmm. and then they tested him Thursday positive, add him to the list. But Jacob, unfortunately, in that scenario, he would have been symptom- he would have been symptomatic too, which would make uh, him a little bit longer in the program. Yeah. It's a very unfortunate day to get added to the list. The, yeah, the, you the Thursday if, of the week. If you're gonna get added, you want to get added yeah, as Monday, right after the right, game's over, not Saturday night like Ben Roethlisberger did for the <laughs> Detroit Lions game. That obviously, no matter how good he was in shape to be, you're obviously not gonna play the very next morning. But yeah, Wednesday, I guess, is that cutoff. You know, anything earlier than Wednesday reporting symptoms, think, you could be okay. Because I think Carson Wentz, and I think he was actually more of a close contact than maybe he actually tested positive. I'm not really sure about that. But I, I think Carson Wentz was around Tuesday or Wednesday of the week when he was able to return mm-hmm. to play against the Raiders. Some good that really did the Colts. But I can't be- still can't believe that one. But it's such a tough blow, especially in this game, because of how bad the Ravens are at defending the pass. If Right. We were saying how Najee Harris ran for 188 yards last week against the Browns. Deontay could have had 188 yards and two touchdowns this week. I mean, he had nearly those. He had two touchdowns and over 100 yards uh, in the second half alone in the first time that Steelers took the field against the Ravens this year uh, about a month ago. I can't even imagine now with both both of the the best the top two defensive backs for the Ravens being out for this game. 
I can't imagine what damage Deontay Johnson could have done, but now that's just a big what if. Let's take a second and look at Deontay Johnson's 2021 campaign. A thousand yard season, a hundred receptions. So stats wise, you know, if you're just going to be a box score guy, and at the end of the year you're going to look up the stats, you're going to say you're going to you're going to say, wow, it's a pretty good year for Deontay Johnson. And I think overall it was a pretty good year for Deontay Johnson. But the fumbles and the ball security have really started to creep back mm-hmm. up into his game. Bad fumble against the Kansas City Chiefs where he was literally just switching hands and he coughed the ball up. And then against the Browns, a couple of drops. That was something that we thought he'd gotten out of his system earlier this year. And that's why we were so excited for him to be the number one guy and have that breakthrough season is because... Wow, he really struggled with the drops early in his career, but he rectified that in the offseason, and he's been phenomenal this year. But bad habits have started to creep back into his game towards the end of the season here, and it's concerning not just because you needed to win every single game really down the stretch to get in. Hindsight tells you that with the Bengals beating Mm -hmm. the Chiefs, but you also want to just see these young guys. And I know, Steelers Nation, this is kind of a – a bad word or you don't want to you don't want to say this but you do want to take a little bit of a temperature for next year and absolutely although ben's going to be gone you're, you're going to have deontay you're going to have chase you're going to have nods you're going to have a lot of these linemen if you choose to bring a lot of these linemen back and it's really disconcerting to see him down the stretch run start to kind of get a little maybe complacent or just lose a little bit of focus in the details because we were ready to crown you as the new number one receiver on the team, and now going into next year, what's fresh in my mind is that doubt of your ball security, just I like the uh, year prior. I still think he is, but I think it's becoming more clear that him alongside Chase Claypool, they need a they need a real guy who's ready to step up and not have these problems, right? Chase Claypool has had issues both on and off the field this year. Deontay Johnson was having, I think, his best year of his career up until about three weeks ago, starting with that Tennessee game. Mm -hmm. And obviously the fumble against the Lions in overtime was still fresh in our memory just because you always want to harp on the negative. The negative always is going to stick out to you more so than the positive. Because, case in point, we remember the drop touchdown pass at the end of the first half against Against Baltimore much more clear in our memories than the two touchdowns he had against them in the second half, just 30 minutes later. I I can... easily bring up in my mind the exact route that he ran against Baltimore with that draw pass a lot easier than I can of the two touchdowns. I know the one came on the bend pump fake and and he was wide open, but I couldn't even tell you other than it was a short goal-to-go pass touchdown that he caught in the sec- uh, for a second touchdown of the game. The negative is always going to stick out to you a lot stronger than the positive, and The fact that he had eight consecutive games this year with at least five catches and 50 yards, those were A-B numbers. Remember, A-B set like an NFL record, the only guy to ever do that across an entire season, and then he one-upped himself, and then he was going for something like at least seven catches for 75 yards for a string of games. This was A-B-like numbers, A-B-like consistency, but down the stretch these last three games, he's been really, really a different player. Now... I don't know if I could put the blame on him entirely just because the whole offense has been kind of stagnant, but 
even against the Browns, Najee Harris was able to eclipse 188 yards. There's no reason Deontay should have only gotten to, what, 32 yards, 36 yards on the day? There's no reason. I mean, you're, you're a far better player than the secondary is in Cleveland. You were able to one-up those guys, and you didn't. And Najee Harris was able to, proving why he's an elite player, why he's an elite running back in this league. But we haven't really gotten that elite performance from Deontay Johnson this year, that full 60 minutes where he's playing like someone who is a non-quarterback but worthy of MVP votes. Yeah, a lot still that needs to be proved from Deontay Johnson before you can anoint him that Pro Bowl type of player. And, hey, he was left off the Pro Bowl roster this year, and ever since that happened, it's been justified by his play on the field. And we talked about that, saying Deontay Johnson is typically this quiet guy. He, He leaves it all out in the field. His work ethic during training camp and practice throughout the week translates into productivity on the field, and... Even throughout the regular season, when the Pittsburgh media is interviewing guys at practice, you don't hear from Deontay Johnson that often. And it's not just because he's camera shy. I think he just wants to focus on his technique. He wants to focus on his game, which is totally fine by me. It's just the fact that when he does come out and speak, it has a different level of gravity than other guys. And you actually made that point earlier this week. And the fact that he spoke up, complaining mm-hmm. really hit even harder. Kind of like the same way you you're, the negative play sticks out more so than the positive plays. If he complains, that's going to amplify more in the city more than him saying, I'm just trying to go out here and do what I can for this team. Which is, is something he said before in the past, but because he said so little, and that's typically what he says, it doesn't mean as much when he says it again and again. When he's out there complaining, it really sticks to you because you're saying to yourself, well, this guy, I thought he was undeterred or un- unfazed by by stuff like the Pro Bowl. I thought he just wants to go out there and win for his team, and then he makes those comments, and there he is in the next three weeks not putting up any any numbers whatsoever. Yeah, disappointing end of the season, but again, still pretty high on the ceiling for Mr. Deontay Johnson Yeah, and just, ready for him to be the number one next year. Yeah, I'm ready for it, but we still haven't seen it come into fruition and we haven't seen anything really build off of a rookie season of chase claypool in his sophomore season this year only one receiving touchdown so far well maybe that's why we're not as low on deontay johnson by comparison chase claypool has been an extreme disappointment he has been again a guy that you can't really necessarily pull the plug on just yet but a guy that hey this is a ravens team that is extremely weak against the pass and your number one guy, Deontay Johnson, he's not gonna be available most likely for this game. So you gotta rely on you gotta people. be the guy. You gotta have a big time performance. You haven't had a big time performance since that Minnesota Vikings game. And even though you were close to hundred yards in that game and made some big combat catches, the thing that everybody remembers is your first down celebration as time was expiring. probably costing mm-hmm. the Steelers an extra play, an extra shot at the end zone there. So it has been a very disappointing sophomore season for Chase Claypool. And Extremely. Again, you have to win this football game. There's still a slimmer of hope that you get into the playoffs, so you don't want to move on completely. But as we head into the offseason, and we do these shows now in the offseason, and it's all about an eye on the future and what can happen in 2022, they absolutely need him to show a little something here in this game and continue to build off of that into the offseason. Because, yeah, it's great Deontay's your number one, 
But if you don't have a clear-cut number two, then a guy who's a number one like Deontay isn't going to be that effective. He's not a, a Devontae Adams, a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase-type number one where, yeah, you can have four guys covering him, shading to his side of the field, and he'll still find a way to grab five catches and put up 90 yards on you. He needs some help. He needs some people to be able Definitely. to pull some coverage away from him. So it's not just a matter of Deontay kind of pulling his out of head out of his backside and, and playing like he had for the majority of this year, not these last couple of weeks. It's also a matter of a Claypool needs to step up and be a number two, or a Juju, if he comes back, needs to really step up and take that number two role on, which he did phenomenally when Antonio Brown was right. here. A little different again. AB's want more. AB's that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson mold. You don't need much help to get open for a guy like that. But go in a draft, get a free agent. Somebody needs to come in and be a reliable guy, a number two. Where if Deontay's having a game where he can't get open or he's struggling, you can go to you this can go guy. to Chase for ten catches or something like that. So there's so much disappointment when you look at that wide receiver room because early in 2021 and in the off season. I mean, that was the position group we were in love with the most. That was the position group where we spent the least amount of time talking about it because there was no reason to. The offensive line had its question marks. The secondary had its question marks. There were free agents in the, in the linebacking core that you weren't 100% sure on. Uh, there was a lack of depth on the defensive line, which we've now seen how, really hurt how detrimental it can be to the team. We completely ignored. We were talking about the the race for the number two quarterback spot between Mason Rudolph and, so and Dwayne Haskins. That was a heavy topic in the offseason. More so than we were talking about the wide receivers because we said, signed, sealed, delivered, there are no problems there. It's so true that we were talking about that backup quarterback battle like it was gospel. Like it, like it was the number one quarterback battle. We'll get ready for that conversation when right. this offseason yeah, You're going to hear a lot but Yeah, you know, year. that's, and I don't blame us. I don't blame us for not talking about it because everybody thought that was going to be a, a, a unit of strength, and for it to become one of the bigger weaknesses is extremely disappointing. Now, it definitely doesn't help that you lose Juju for the year. That hurt a lot more than I people expected it to. We were sitting here probably a little too confident when that happened. I think everybody was. I think, you know, his off-the-field stuff and some of the stuff that roll, makes you roll your eyes, I think, overshadowed how impactful yes. he can be on the field. We, we were blinded by that. We yes. were thinking to ourselves, well, pff, he's not going to be around as much, so maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I completely agree, but a terrible oversight because what have they done so much this year? They've thrown short of the sticks on third down because Ben just doesn't want to wait for the, the play to develop the routes or that the Canada offense doesn't let them go behind the stick, whatever the the reasoning may be behind it. They threw short of the sticks constantly. Yes. Juju's that, the type of guy you can throw short of the sticks too, and he's going to get an extra fight three for yards. a couple of extra yards. But Deontay isn't that guy. Claypool should Claypool be that guy. Claypool sure but as hell isn't that guy. He's physical and big enough to be, but he just – the guy doesn't want to block. The guy doesn't, like he doesn't want to get into that contact. Make that game. extra effort. So Juju was definitely something that I think people oversighted. And then the guy who really stepped up to replace him, Fryermuth, a was a rookie, so he's going to hit that rookie wall. And B, he had injuries down the stretch anyway that took him out of games. So yeah, he was out this past. You week. missed two, or I'm sorry, two weeks. ago. You missed two big. He was might, might as well have been out last yeah. week too. You barely didn't saw do him. anything. But you missed two big time chain movers. With Juju going down and then Fryermuth getting a bunch of injuries, definitely oversight of the Juju injury. I think he comes back this year because I You're imagine gonna be the market's going to be soft. Yep. But 
I wouldn't be surprised if they just decide to cut ties anyway. But I don't know if that. See, like, well, I'll you might say, need him though. You might need him. I'll say this: you might cut ties with him only because Ben Roethlisberger isn't around. That was a big reason why he came back. Ben was say very vocal Ben's about last him. year is next year, and Ben, I can easily see him going into the Rooney's office and saying, "Listen, this is my guy. I didn't get to play with him last year. There's no way in hell I'm not going to play without him in my last year." But no Ben around. I don't know the relationship that Juju has with Haskins and has with Mason Rudolph or could have with the next guy if, if it's not someone already on the team. So that could be a big contributing factor as to a reason that he doesn't come back. Yeah, and, and again, Ben was vocal in this past offseason about bringing a guy like Juju back into mm-hmm. the fold. Uh, some other injuries to look at. We talked about Deontay on the COVID list, so not necessarily an injury there, but... Uh, as of Thursday of Week 18's practice schedule, Buddy Johnson did not practice with a foot. He missed, uh, I think, last week and the week prior to that, too, so he won't be probably going. Trey Turner's missed some time recently with a knee. He still has not been able to return to practice. I wouldn't expect to see Trey Turner get a helmet in the lineup on Sunday. Dan Moore Jr., great job against Miles Garrett, and honestly, I think one of the linemen that has the highest ceiling and one of the linemen that I come away this year with the most optimism with is Dan Moore Jr., but he didn't practice on Thursday with an ankle injury that's two days in a row, something they definitely got to monitor. Uh, Big Ben was a full go. Obviously, he was off on Wednesday for his Veterans Day off. Edmonds with a groin was limited Wednesday, but he was a full go on Thursday's practice, and Mallette with a non-COVID-related illness did not practice on Thursday, so you hope he's able to get back healthy by Sunday and will be able to play. But back to Dan Moore. You know, you look at this line and you wonder, what is going to be the pieces that come back next year? I don't think they're going to give up on Kendrick Green just yet, despite the disappointing rookie season. No, you can't fold that quickly. Not that quickly. I don't think that there's any reason to give up on Dotson. You just hate the fact that he got hurt and was mm-hmm. pedestrian at the beginning of this sophomore campaign for himself. But still, I think a lot to need to see there before you officially decide that is time to move on from but out of nowhere, this fourth-round pick out of Texas A&M yes. has come to be not the best lineman on the team right now because I don't know if anybody deserves that <laughs> that credit, but definitely one that has a pretty good ceiling, one that I could see building towards being a pretty solid, I don't want to say a pro bowler or anything like that, but a really solid tackle in the NFL. And I think, you know, with Dotson's injuries, there's questions there. With the center position, there's questions there. Chooks, we all know how they feel about Chooks. It feels like they just want to move on from him. They just aren't able to. Um, and Trey Turner is just a journeyman who's at the end of his career. That, that knee is just never going to be the same. Out of nowhere, Dan Moore has been the guy that I have the most hope for and the most optimism for on that that five-man unit that we've seen this year. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that a, his floor was so low, and B, his ceiling was so low. That's right. Like, there were no expectations of him even playing no, a single down this year. It was supposed to be Banner and Chooks, and Hag was supposed to be the swing guy. So, like, Moore was supposed to be just a redshirt guy. Maybe by week 15 I start to see some playing time. Maybe you just see him in garbage time or at the end of ha- at the end of the first You certainly half, don't see him like as that. early in the season as you did this year. Not only as early as you did, but... Has he been, other than Kendrick Green, the only guy who's been, and I guess Chooks, it's been Kendrick Green, Chooks, and and Dan Moore 
who have been the only guys who have played most of the time this significant portion of the season. Yeah, I mean, and Kendrick Green, of course, the past couple of weeks he's had injury problems, and then uh, well, Chuk shouldn't surprise us because he's been the one guy. He's the veteran. We yeah, know that like, has also been able to stay healthy. He's the only one that has Steelers experience. Like he's been there for four years. Right, I Kendrick mean, Green. You kind of had to. You you looked at yourself in the mirror and said, "I kind of got to put this guy in as early as I can because I want this guy to be my my center moving forward." And Trey Turner, you were hoping was going to capture some of that form from four or five not. years ago. That just didn't happen. And Kevin Dotson, you wanted him to elevate his game to that Pro Bowl level of which you thought he could have after seeing his tape from his rookie year, but that obviously didn't happen. Not entirely his fault because we know he's been dealing with injuries on and off all year. But wow, Dan Moore, I mean, probably for the better that he got out there as early as he did and has been out there for as long as he's had. I love a trial by fire. I really do. When that works. Yeah, I mean, but it also, when it doesn't work, it can tell you that this guy's not ready. So I, I love a trial by fire. I think it's a great way to go about when your team isn't a Super Bowl contender. And come on, at the beginning of the year, you you knew they weren't going to be a Super Bowl. We we thought yeah, that it, it, was, was, it was, was fringe playoffs or bust. This has been one of the weirdest seasons. But this is kind of exactly where you thought they'd be. Yeah, right but on not, the edge not of the playoffs. in the way they got here. I think we might have... Had a we were all predicting around eight or nine wins. On the I think we had a feeling that it would be kind of this spot at the end of the year, but maybe the Steelers are holding the seventh seed and have to win to get in. You know what I mean? It's not a right. you need a desperation and now, heave to get in from the Jaguars. And now here, knowing what we know, the tie really doesn't matter. No, it, it the tie has were, no effect on any tiebreakers. If whatsoever. you were nine and seven right now, it wouldn't it wouldn't no, make a difference? You'd be in the exact same spot. However, you'd be 9-7 and seven on the brink of 10 wins, which is something that we really thought was a, a stretch for this team. Was a stretch. Also thought 10 wins pretty much gets you in the playoffs guaranteed. Not anymore. Not the case because there's a multitude of teams that are going to reach 10 wins. Uh, well, the, the AFC is, is clearly the stronger conference every, this year. The thing that screwed it all up was the Raiders beating the Colts last week. If the Colts would have beat the Raiders and that Chargers-Raiders game would have become irrelevant, sure, you might need the, the Jaguars to still help you out. But the Raiders would have been out of the race most likely. You wouldn't have, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have that had that extra team additional to have to deal team. with. But also, not just in the race, but ahead of you in the standings. Quickly before we wrap up this episode, little Ravens injury notes. Anthony Everett, who has fastly become the number one corner for this team, did not practice with ribs and chest injury on Thursday. They really can't afford another corner to go down, so they definitely need him to come back. A couple guys were non-injury related due to rest. Devontae Freeman, the running back who is up there in age, did not practice because of rest. Big Al, our old friend, got a little day off on Thursday. Going to need all of the rest he can get to go up against T.J. Watt on Sunday Good and luck. hopefully avoid being the guy that gets the sack record broken on him. Uh, Brandon Williams, really good nose tackle for them, did not practice either because of rest. Hollywood Brown, no practice due to an ankle injury. Lamar Jackson still did not practice due to nope. that ankle injury. I might shut him down. I don't I, know I, why I, I, you I might wouldn't. just not play him. Why would you play him? Because you still you, are alive. You have, you, but you have just as slim of a chance as the Steelers. Oh, it's do. even slimmer. Yeah, it's even worse. You have to have, I think, three There's like five, things, or three yeah. or five. It's something Compared absurd. to the Steelers, just need the Jaguars to lose and the, and the Chargers and, and uh, Raiders to not Raiders tie. Raiders to not tie. Uh, yeah, the Ravens have even worse of a chance. 
Why not just say, I'm going to protect him from one game? Yeah, you know, this is your future. And exactly. I, I don't know if you want to risk him just to go 9-8 and eight and miss out on the playoffs. Exactly. I, I think you let Hunt- Huntley was... Uh, if it was a win-and-in situation, then you play put him, him out. Obviously, 100%. you have to. Huntley, illness... But was a full practice on Thursday, so he'll be ready. Be the guy. I think he should be the guy too. I think it'd be smart for Harbaugh to tell Plus Lamar. Plus, he fits your system. Let's just wait till next year, Lamar. Let's just let's just get fully Huntley healthy. Does a good job of filling in for Lamar, doing similar things to what Lamar does. Oh, too. it's a great roster yeah. construction to have that as your backup. That's why they had RG three for a couple of years too, for the first couple of uh, the 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 Lamar era. Steelers and Ravens, 1 o'clock Sunday at M&T Bank Stadium. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Got a lot more to talk about, including the matchups between the Steelers and the Ravens and maybe a little matchups between the Jaguars and Colts, too. So keep it right around here. or Keep your eye out for some more episodes to drop. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you on one of those episodes next time on the Steelers Standard.